1: Good evening everybody and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and The Grid Network's YouTube channel. As always, I am Bryson Carver, and the other night we crowned a new NBA champion, which is the Denver Nuggets. Congratulations to Denver, that fan base, uh, uh, the the coaching staff, the players, the city, everybody. They actually just had a parade today. I'll sort of touch on that a little bit later in the show, but obviously we'll start the show reacting to Game 5, reacting to also, in terms of the bigger picture, what this means for Jokic. And a, a conversation I'm really, really interested to have is... What it looks like for Jimmy, because I think we're really looking at this whole, uh, Jimmy Butler finals, uh, 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 these, these five games he played with a glass half empty mentality. And I got to admit to y'all, I kind of hate it. So I'll get into that later in today's show. Also into the show, top 10 players in the NBA. Currently, you guys know I go into the playoffs with the top 10 I come out of the playoffs of the top 10 because we all know while the regular season certainly does boost, that's how we sort of come to know your name. You win your MVPs there. You make your money there. You make your legacy. You get shoe deals with what happens in the postseason. So I'm going to give you my top 10 at the end of today's show uh, as well. Uh, like I said, load of show. And also um, one of my favorite segments I do probably four to five times a year depending on the sport is looking at the good old-fashioned television ratings regarding the NBA playoffs, and I will get to that uh, later today's show. I think you're going to be really, really fascinated uh, with what I have to say regarding that. But first, we have a new NBA champion, and that hurts me to say as a Warriors fan, you know that. We'll be back next year. Point being, in five games, by a final score in Game 5 of 94-89, to the Denver Nuggets won their very first championship in franchise history, and here's how it went down.
0: Looking, looking. Finds Struce back to Larry. There it is. Three-pointer. Won't go. Rebound called. ball oh, Pope. They're not going to foul. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. At last, the long wait is over. After
1: 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA
0: champions.
1: Now you are an NBA champion, Nicola. How does that feel? It's good. It's good. The job is done. We can go home now. (laughs) Congratulations. That's such a great soundbite by the finals MVP, Nicole Jokic, in the interview with the great Lisa Salters on ABC. Uh, (laughs) The job is done and we can go home now. It's it's like just such a... uh, so opposite of how Giannis reacted in 2021 with just tears coming down his face, winning a championship for the bucks. The first time in five decades, Steph Curry last year, we saw emotional. He got made me emotional as a Warriors fan. And as a Steph fan being able to break through, keep this dynasty going last year, Jokic like, yeah, it's cool. You know, we won the championship and uh, all right, I'm going to go chill now. Like it's, it's just, it's kind of refreshing, honestly. It's not not, nothing against Giannis and obviously Steph, but just sort of see the the difference. And and again, you can have different superstars in the NBA. Nikola Jokic uh, and how he carries himself and certainly how he plays the game is just that. He is a different superstar, but different does not always mean bad. And certainly that is not his game. Let's just put it this way. We'll talk, let's talk about game five first. Um, (laughs) That one, especially for it to be the last game of the NBA season, the last NBA game that counts that we'll see for four months Not exactly the most aesthetically pleasing basketball game that you'll watch. Not just by the score, but by shooting percentages. Again, (laughs) Denver, uh, I mean, Miami shot 34% for the field, 25% from three. And then he got Denver, 45% of the field, which is way better than Miami. (laughs) But they were shooting. They shot 18% from three-point range. They were down like 5% from three. After, uh, after the first half, I remember checking the box score. I was like, man, I knew they missed a bunch of threes. I didn't know it was that bad. Like, okay, they might be in trouble tonight. And we may be heading to a game six, which would have been tonight. Of course, that was not the case. Nicole Jokic went off, did what he's been doing all postseason and all finals long with 28-16 and only four assists. Again, Miami. And I said, coming into game five, I said, if Miami wants any chance to keep the series going, just stay with the same game plan, okay? Jokic is going to score, but he's at his most dangerous when he's around that 20, around he scored the other night, right? 28 to about 32 points-ish, but when he gets other guys involved, that's when he's his most dangerous. They kept him to four assists. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray had an up-and-down night, hit some clutch shots. Uh, you give credit to him. He only scored 14, but, uh, you know, on 15 shots. Bruce Brown was a big plug-and-play plug, uh, plug and play guy at the bench, uh, had really... The, the go ahead bucket, honestly, the game winning bucket with about a minute left to go in the game. He was huge last night or on Monday night. Here's how I looked at this. So, for Miami, a team that I did after all pick going into this series, I actually checked something, folks. I've been picking the NBA Finals every year since 2015. This was the first time my Golden State Warriors uh, made it to the, to the championship round. I have yet to predict a, an NBA Finals correctly when my Golden State Warriors don't win. So basically, I'm 0 for when I don't pick the Golden State Warriors. I don't know. I'm going to have to write that ship. Uh, hopefully not next year. Hopefully not in the near future. I want us to make some more finals. But the point being, I picked Miami going in this series. Picked them in six. I figured that the the coaching of Eric Spolster, the adjustments, the fact that they took out two 55-plus win teams in Milwaukee and Boston. Smoked Milwaukee in the first round. Uh, and obviously, you got the championship experience of guys like Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, and company who played well in this series. I, I can't say anything bad about what they did. Bam and bio, I thought, had his best series of the whole playoffs. Like Bam was great in this finals. Uh, again, there's only so much he could do defensively against Jokic, but offensively, especially in that first half, he had like 18 points, nine rebounds. Now he sort of cooled off as a second half. went. only had two points on a few more re- rebounds after that. Had a cold shooting percentage uh, as well. But it's like I said, coming out of game four, going to game five back on Monday show, as if this wasn't apparent when the series started, and I did even concede this when I picked the Miami Heat, Denver's the better basketball team, and they flex their muscle. They flex every aspect of their game throughout this series. Uh, So it feels sort of fitting that they won in gentleman's sweep fashion. What I... You know, I'll start with Denver first, uh, as far as sort of the breakdown of the game, and then I'll get to Miami. And one individual in particular, Jimmy Butler. Um, That game the other night was part of what makes Denver so great. It's what makes any not necessarily all-time great team, because I'm not saying Denver's an all-time great team, this D- Nuggets team. Uh, could they could they be a dynasty? Maybe. I think dynasty talks a little premature. They just now won their first championship. Uh, but what makes a great team great is they have numerous different ways to win. They can win pretty. They can win ugly like the other night. And Denver did that. Again, only scoring 94 points. One of their lowest point totals might have been their lowest point total in entirely this entire NBA postseason. But again, I, I sort of alluded to the whole dynasty thing. Like there's this, hey, can Denver become the next dynasty? Well, first and foremost, I think the current dynasty has not exactly ended yet in Golden State. But that's neither here nor there. Because five years from now, very good chance Golden State's probably not going to be a dynasty anymore. I think Steph will still be great in five years. But Clay won't, Dray- Draymond won't. Denver has a chance. And here's why. Part of being a dynasty is not just what you have, but what's around you. And the reality of the situation is I've said this most of the regular season, all of the postseason, and barring some crazy offseason moves, and it is the NBA, so anything can happen this offseason with the draft and especially free agency and trades. I don't anticipate this changing. The fact that the Eastern Conference, to me, is clearly better than the Western Conference. West has Denver, who's who's going to be the title favorite, going to next season. Certainly, they'll be the Western Conference favorite. But if you look at the next five years in terms of what Denver will be going up against, the Lakers definitely won't be there in five years as a contender. LeBron's going to be 39 years old next season. Anthony Davis might as well be 49 years old when you consider uh, how how brittle he can be. And the fact that he is coin flip Davis, as I've called him many times this postseason, coin flip Davis. Uh, And then you have the Phoenix Suns, who I think are fourth or fifth in the Vegas odds to win the title, which I feel is a little high, given the fact that they have absolutely no depth whatsoever. Kevin Durant is going to be 30, I guess, 39, 40 in five years. So he'll probably still be really good to borderline great, but he won't be KD. Booker, while I love him, don't see him being the best player on a championship winning team. I don't don't envision him in that echelon. And again, uh, Phoenix has no depth. Golden State. Again, I have said that Steph Curry is going to be the Tom Brady of the NBA. Not that he's going to be the greatest player ever ever, like Tom Brady is in the NFL, but his longevity is going to be unlike anything we've seen by any NBA player to ever play the sport in that Steph is going to be the greatest 40-plus-year-old player of all time, given his conditioning, given how he's – Done unbelievable work on his body and given his game, he's not an, a, a, a guy who's who's athletically reliant, right? He he's not a guy who's uh, it, it plays a physical brand of basketball like a LeBron James, for example, like a Shaquille O'Neal. Who that coupled with the fact that he didn't take the greatest care of his body sort of aged out pretty quickly. But Clay won't be great in five years. Draymond will not be great in five years. It's a matter of what Golden State will be able to do with young players with trades. I don't know. I don't, I'm a Warriors fan. I'm not, I'm not exactly seeing Golden State being a dynasty five years from now. Sacramento. Sacramento is a team that maybe could challenge them, but they've got to improve drastically in the defensive end. And man, they have got to get some size. I mean, Damanis Sabonis was abused in this playoffs by Draymond Green, Caban Looney. Can you imagine what Jokic would have done to him? Oh my goodness. So they've got to add size. They've got their coach and they've got their star player uh, in De'Aaron Fox but they've got to get size. They've got to be a better defensive. they got to get longer, in all honesty. Honestly, I can see the Oklahoma City Thunder contending uh, for, for a championship within the next five years to challenge Denver, but what do we know when we talk about dynasties and young up-and-coming basketball teams? Experience and guys being in their prime usually dictates how the series ends. Denver still has a great coach in Michael Malone. They have currently, to me, the best player in the NBA, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray is only getting better. Again, this is his first season coming off of that ACL tear, and look what he did. There's no question, knock on what he stays healthy next year, he's going to be an all-star a season from now, nine months from now-ish. You still have plenty of pieces like Aaron Gordon, who's locked up for the next couple of years uh, in terms of his contract with, with Denver. You got guys, do they bring back Bruce Brown? We'll see. I'm not saying he'll be a huge player in the next five years for Denver. Michael Porter Jr. is locked in for the next couple of years, and albeit he had a bad shooting series, you anticipate he'll get better at being a young player that he is. Yeah, Denver can be the team in the Western Conference in the next half decade. So congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Hats off to them. They deserve all the praise they're getting as any champion gets when they win the NBA Finals. For Miami, and I'll get to sort this in, I'll do a whole Jimmy segment a couple segments from now. But as far as this game, as far as the season, as far as this playoff run, I don't want to, the last thing I want to do, these are professional athletes, is sound like the Little League coach when their team gets knocked out in Williamsport. And you see all the kids, they're sad and they're crying. And the coaches are, you know, they're like, oh, I'm, you know, I hate that this run had to come to an end. It's like a, there's like a bitter sweetness to it, right? I don't want to sound like that. Because again, these are professional athletes. This is the NBA finals. Miami really doesn't have anything to hang their heads over. They don't. Okay? Heat culture is still alive and well. This is a team that blitzed Milwaukee. Milwaukee. 58 win Milwaukee in the first round in gentleman's sweep fashion in five games. They took care of a Knicks team that some argued were more talented. Many, I remember, picked the Knicks to win that series. And at one point, Miami led 3-1, and they closed them out at home in game six. Boston. You can say, well, they almost blew that 3-0 lead to Boston. Well, A, they led 3-0. B, they outplayed them in five of the seven games. The only two games where Boston outplayed them was four and five. Game six, Miami just got really unlucky with the tip-in by Derek White. Game seven, they humiliated them at the TD Garden. And in the NBA Finals, they lost to a team that was better. They lost to a team. Again, obviously, Jimmy's the best player in the Miami Heat. The gap between Jimmy and, and Nicole Jokic is the gap between the Grand Canyon. I'm not the Grand Canyon. It's the gap between Denver, Colorado, and Miami, Florida. And that's not a shot at Jimmy. That just talk, sort of goes into how great Nicole Jokic is. And we'll get into Jokic a little later on. What I didn't like, though, in that game five was not the missed shots. That, that, that happens. And again, the one thing, another reason I picked Miami in this series is that Three-point shooting tends to these, decide these playoff series, especially in the way the game has changed so much in the last decade or so. And Miami was the number one three-point shooting team in these playoffs. They struggled mightily from three-point range. Now, you could show you could see how much better Denver was. The fact that Denver was probably worse than Miami if you look at the numbers, and they still pretty much took care of them and outplayed them in every way, shape, and form. What disappointed me was Jimmy Butler in that game five. And I saw flashes of it at times, brief, but at times in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics, where there was a, a tentative mindset, at least what I saw in terms of body language, in terms of the usual attack mentality we see from Jimmy Butler that we didn't see in that game five. Not only was he two for 12, what I was mad at is, why have you only took 12 shots? Like This is the guy, Jimmy, and we ended up seeing this in the last, what, last half of the fourth quarter where he can go on these scoring stretches where he can score 10 to 12 points a row, which I think he scored uh, Miami's last 13 points of the basketball game, if not for Jimmy Butler. uh, Let me make sure I'm getting this right. If not for Jimmy Butler going the scoring run that he went on, the Heat would have scored five points total in the fourth quarter. So you're, you're thinking, okay, if Jimmy gives them anything through the first three, Maybe we're having a different conversation. Maybe we go back to uh, Miami for tonight's game six. Because again, you consider the fact that Miami had a double digit lead at one point in the game for a long stretch of time. Um, And something else too, and I'll, I'll show the play. I did not like the last shot that Jimmy took. So Miami is down three, 24 seconds left the game. 24 seconds is an eternity in an NBA game. Miami's got the ball. They just called timeout. Uh, KCP made two free throws after he got a clutch steal off of Jimmy Butler. And here's the shot Jimmy takes. We'll show it twice here. So here's the inbound to Jimmy. looks like they're running a screen action for Duncan Robinson. They're not able to get it to go. They don't uh, uh, switch it. And here's Jimmy. I don't get that shot. Sort of a fadeaway off balance. Again, we'll show it one more time here. I like the play design by Spolstra. It just wasn't able to, to, to work the way they wanted. There's There's 17 seconds when he lets the ball go. I I, I didn't get that shot. Again, Jimmy's not a guy who's known for his three-point shooting. And and by the way, check the tape. I defended Jimmy last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. Remember that play where Miami makes this miraculous comeback in Game 7 against Boston? They're down two. Jimmy comes the, the other way. He has a chance to go past Al Horford, potentially, for the tying layup. And instead, he takes a three to basically win the game. And everybody's like, man, why'd Jimmy take that shot? He had a chance to tie it. Folks, Jimmy... I forgot how many minutes. It was like 46, 47 minutes played was gassed in that game seven. People forget he had a big game six before that just to get him to a game seven. Miami couldn't throw it in the ocean. Are you sure they survived the five minutes of overtime? You say, well, momentum, momentum. Look what happened to Kevin Durant with the Brooklyn Nets against Milwaukee. Katie hits that tying shot. Remember his toe was barely on the three-point line. It goes to overtime. Katie doesn't score a point in overtime. The Nets score two. So I defended Jimmy taking that shot. I think it was the right play. I didn't get that one. Not to mention the fact Miami had a timeout left. So if they get the quick two, you would imagine that Denver is, is not going to play nearly as physical if Miami attacks the basket. Uh, they're not going to risk them getting the potential am one Get the quick two. You foul Denver. Go for the steal first and then foul Denver, assuming they make the two free throws. And then you get one more crack at it. And you you use a Duncan Robbins. You use a, a, a Gabe Vincent or Caleb Martin. Not a Jimmy Butler for the walkout three. So I didn't love that shot by Jimmy. Um, and like I said, I didn't love his attack mode. not his attack mode. but He wasn't in attack mode. I didn't love his, I don't want to say mentality because it's, you're sort of talking about, I mean, I can't read Jimmy's mind, but I didn't love his, his body language throughout that game. I just didn't like how he came out uh, throughout the, the, the vast majority of, uh, of game five. But like I said, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. We'll get into Jokic in just a second. Uh, They are now the 2023 NBA champions, and by the way, uh, uh, listen: Denver is a city uh, like any that knows how to have have some fun. Not like Miami, not like Golden State, not like LA, not like New York. But man, that city! Did you see that place? Holy smokes! That that, I mean, just people everywhere. So hats off to the city; they absolutely deserve this moment. My man Jamel Cruthers, what's up, Jamel? Here at the Grid. Jamel says Denver were bullies the whole playoffs. 16 and 4 record. They have a chance to be a solid team for the next two to three years. Agreed. And I'm glad you brought up the record, uh, Jamel, because I was actually going to kind of touch on that in the Jokic segment. Like that's, you know, I feel like it's almost not getting enough credit uh from a historical context, certainly in the modern era uh that it it, it really should be. So absolutely great point, Jamel. And Jamel also says Jimmy was tired and drained by game five. You can see it. Yeah, he he was, um, and you could say, you know, game six against the Lakers back in 2020, you saw that same thing where, remember Jimmy had the 40-point triple-double in game five. We all all thought the Lakers were going to close that game out, close the series out in game five, and Jimmy goes nuts, extends it to a game six, and the Lakers just pummel Miami, and Jimmy doesn't play well. I could see that, but again, and some of that's the altitude, obviously. There's the adjustment from you've been in Miami for basically a week, and then you fly back to Denver and having to adjust to that, like, there's a reason, fun fact, by the way, the Nuggets are the uh, have the NBA record for the highest hull win percentage in NBA history. A lot of that has to do with the altitude. So, I get that to a certain degree, Jamel, but in the same breath, well, actually, no, I was going to say we wouldn't give guys like LeBron or KD or Steph or Giannis an excuse, but then again, and I'll get to Jimmy a couple of segments from now, but it's sort of like a preview of that. Jimmy's not those guys. And again, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but again, I'll get to Jimmy individually later in today's show. To Jokic, just want to give the Finals MVP uh, his love and his share. So, I feel like I have to do a little bit of clarifying on today's show about Nikola Jokic. Longtime viewers or listeners are carving it up, and if you are one, God bless you. We appreciate you supporting this show. Tell your friends about it, by the way. Long-time fans of Carving It Up know that I have been a Nikola Jokic skeptic for the last couple of years. I've been very vocal about the fact. I thought Steph Curry should have been the 2021 MVP over Nikola Jokic. And in 2022, I feel like they really changed the rules for Jokic in order for him to go back-to-back. I thought it should have been Giannis. This year, if I had a vote, I would have voted Joel Embiid. But again, as I've said before about the MVP, whether people like this or not, you validate or invalidate whether or not you should have been MVP in the playoffs. I get it's a regular season award. You get it around the time the second round uh, rolls around. But you validate or invalidate once the playoffs uh, come into fruition, come into play. Embiid was awful by his standards in the playoffs. Awful. Jokic put on one of the great playoff runs we've ever seen. Don't believe that. I, and I mentioned this on Monday's show, I looked at every Finals MVP. So the very first Finals MVP was given out in 1969 to Jerry West, who infamously is the only player to win Finals MVP when his team lost the Finals, uh, which the Lakers did that year. So from Jerry West in 1969 to Nikola Jokic in 2023, I looked at all the Finals MVPs and their total playoff numbers. Again, we're only finals MVPs and they're playoff, not finals, playoff numbers. And again, there's some finals MVPs in there. You're like, eh, cornbread, Maxwell, Andre Gidala, like eh. even Kawhi Leonard, people forget this. That his first finals MVP 2014 is his numbers don't exactly, you know, jump out of you. You know, 14 points, six rebounds, two assists. No shooting percentage percentage is good. Here's what I looked at with Jokic. Okay. Jokic, 14th all-time in scoring in the playoffs by a Finals MVP. You're like, 14th? That's good, right? I mean, we've had 50-plus Finals MVP, so 14th is is impressive. Ninth all-time in rebounds by a Finals MVP. Again, we've had some amazing uh, centers throughout the history of the game. Obviously, Shaq and Kareem and Wilt, guys like that. Second, this one blew me away. Second all-time for a single postseason for a Finals MVP in assists. Second, I think only Magic Johnson was higher. Magic was the only one who beat Jokic in that regard. Ninth all-time in field goal percentage. Second all-time in three-point field goal percentage. He's the only guy in the top 15 in all of those categories. That's what he just did. Jamel mentioned in the comments. Rightfully so. Nuggets went 16-4 and in the playoffs. Gentlemen swept the Timberwolves in the first round. Their hardest series, which is kind of, you look back now, and you, if you're a Phoenix Sun fan, like, actually, we should feel pretty good today. We, we have no depth, and we took the Suns six, like or we took the Nuggets six, and we, we, may, we may be in a better position than we thought. Maybe we shouldn't have fired Bonnie Williams. But hardest series was against Phoenix. That was a 2-2 series, and then Denver totally blew them out in game five, games five and six. Swept the Lakers in the conference finals, and then gentlemen swept the Heat in the NBA finals, 16-4. and four. That ranks in the last 30 years. So going back to Jordan's Bulls, basically, to now. Last 30 years, the 2023 Denver Nuggets have the fifth best record, playoff record, of any champion ever. First place is, to me, far and away the greatest team of all time, the 2017 Warriors. Then you've got the 01 Lakers, the 99 Spurs, the 96 Bulls, then the 2023 Denver Nuggets, who are tied, by the way, with the 07 San Antonio Spurs. So they, and by the way, you consider the competition they went through in terms of individual players. So they beat Minnesota. Okay, it's Cad, it's Anthony Edwards. And then they have that Rudy Gobert guy. But second round, they beat KD and they beat Devin Booker. Again, Booker had a couple of games where he shot. I still can't believe, I never got a chance to talk about this on my show because I was on vacation during the second round, through during most of the second round. Devin Booker shot 75% from the field in two of the games. Played awesome outside of game six. And KD was, out, uh, was outstanding in that series for the majority of it as well. Denver beat them. Western Conference Finals. Again, they're taking on a Lakers team that beat, sorry, knocked out the defending champs at the time, my Golden State Warriors. Beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And a Lakers team that's won the deeper rosters in all basketball. Swept them. Now you could say, well, games two through four were close. A sweep is a sweep. And then NBA Finals, a Jimmy Butler who was torching just about everybody. And a Heat team that was great from three-point range and solid defensively. They got whatever they wanted and shut down Miami for the vast majority of the finals. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say Jokic had the toughest road to a championship in terms of teams they played. I think Dirk's 2011 run is up there. Jordan's 96 run is... Is in that conversation too? Like, there's plenty of guys we can throw in that discussion, but Jokic is certainly in that in that conversation. In terms of teams they beat, now, you know a lot of folks like to say, "Hey, well, first round they played an eight seed, second round a four seed, uh, conference finals a seven seed, NBA Finals an eight seed." I don't know how many t- more times I need to say this, and this is something the NBA absolutely needs to address. There's no question about it the regular season in the nba in 2023 means absolutely nothing nothing 8 seed miami nba finals 7 seed lakers conference finals 6 seed warriors semi conference semifinals like how many more times going to need to well this team is good the regular season who cares again validate or invalidate once the playoffs roll around So that seating thing does not mean anything to me whatsoever. I think the NBA is trying to do its best to make its regular season matter. I don't think the in-season tournament is really the answer. Uh, Again, I think there's some stuff they need to work on with the All-Star game. I, I, by the way, real quick, I saw with the All-Star game that there was a suggestion to make it USA versus the world. The way the world has caught up to the US, I'm all in favor of that. You would have basically, if you're talking about the best US players, Steph, uh, KD, LeBron. Uh, Booker, guys like that, taking on uh, Damian Lillard, taking on Jokic, Giannis, and I'm all for it. I'd love to see that. I'd be, honestly, I think I might predict the world to win that one. Uh, Sorry to be unpatriotic there, but I think I might pick the world to win that game. But the point being, Jokic had one of the most spectacular runs. And by the way, Jokic also joined a very, very exclusive list of 11 players in NBA history. He becomes the 11th to do this. Guys with two regular season MVPs, and one finals MVP, two or more regular season MVPs, one or more finals MVPs, he joins this list. For the podcast audience, those listening, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Moses Malone, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and now
0: Nikola Jokic. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: He now puts himself in that discussion. Now, I'll sort of elaborate further. Maybe on tomorrow's show, I saw Chris Broussard, shout out to Chris Broussard, was saying that Jokic isn't the top 20 players of all time. I put together my list of top 20. I'll elaborate more on whether or not he should be in that In that top, at least in my top twenty. Again, we all have our own personal lists, but I'm not fighting you if he's in it. If you put Jokic in your top twenty, I'm not going to fight you. I'm I'm not going to like just push back and say, "Oh, you're crazy." You know, six months ago, I would have said you're insane. And again, I don't think you know a a lot of the Jokic fans and Nuggets fans have been all over me on social media for the past few weeks since Denver's gone on this big long postseason run, especially now in the finals. About hey, what you said about Jokic again. If you look back at what I said back in 2022, especially when he won a second MVP and I went on this big rant on my show, my rant was more towards the media than it was towards Jokic. I've always acknowledged Jokic is the greatest point center. It's crazy that that's even a position, but that's how great he is that we've ever seen by a mile. Again, I mentioned among finals MVPs, he's second all time in assists in a single postseason. Only magic has him. Like, that's, that is remarkable. Also, by the way, goes to show you how hard it is for a guard to win NBA Finals MVP, but that's neither here nor there. So, props to Jokic, props to the Denver Nuggets, and, uh, hey, there's going to be a problem next year. And Jokic, what's scary is he's 27, I think. Ooh, he's going to keep getting better. De- Denver, Denver's got a lot to celebrate, no doubt about it. Speaking of celebrate, they actually had their parade today. Usually, a championship parade is about 72 hours-ish after the final buzzer sounds when a team wins a championship in the NBA. (laughs) And I saw Michael Malone. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Michael Malone goes to the podium. And, uh, by the way, is is drunk, stoned something out of his mind. But he was uh, introduced by the Nuggets, I guess, play-by-play announcer. Make sure I'm getting this right. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Nuggets reporter, guy by the name of Vic Lombardi, who was introducing uh, uh, Michael Malone at the championship parade. Vic Lombardi introduced the Nuggets head coach, Mike Malone, using this, quote, he came into this world as the son of a coach. But in these playoffs, he became the Lakers' daddy. And even Michael Malone today was on the Pat McAfee show talking about the Lakers and joking about, remember LeBron, there was reports that LeBron might retire after the Western conference finals. And he said, Hey, breaking news. I'm I'm a retired today. I hate the Lakers. I want to make that crystal clear. I'm a lifelong Warriors fan. Hate the Lakers. But, and it pains me to have to come to their defense. But dude, (laughs) why are you still talking about the Lakers? You just won the championship. And again, I, I'm not one to criticize how people celebrate championships. I've I've always said, hey, when you win a championship, you say whatever the heck you want. But you know what this reminds me? It reminds me a little bit of, remember when Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton in 2016? And for like the next three to four years, he would not stop talking about Hillary Clinton. It's like, dude, focus on running the country and focus on Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Hillary doesn't matter anymore. Why are you still talking about her? Lakers haven't played in a month. Why are, why is Michael Malone still talking about them? He just played Miami. Uh, and by the way, it's not like the Lakers said anything that I know of. And like malicious towards Denver. Because folks might say, well, Bryson, you know, you know, your Warriors were talking a lot about the Grizzlies during their parade last year. Uh, yeah, because the Grizzlies, as they're prone to do, would not shut up about Golden State. You know, Dylan Brooks was talking about... <laughs> The Grizzlies are the next dynasty, and meanwhile, he's no longer with them. Uh, Jaron Jackson was saying that uh, uh, strength in numbers, making fun of the Warriors' old saying. Uh, you know, John Morant was talking mess, saying the Warriors are old, and yeah, they they Memphis took shots at Golden State. Golden State gets to take shots back when they win. That I know of. The Lakers didn't take any sh- like major shots at Denver, so I I don't I don't get that. Uh, listen, you say whatever you want when you do a championship, but. Jeez, just rent free. I mean, I, I've even talked about today's show, or not in this show, but or today's show. But I've said during these playoffs that I, I almost feel like, uh, like scared almost to talk about any other team except for Denver, Michael Malone, or the Nuggets fans might come after them. They, 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 they can only—they're the only team that can get the get their shine right now. We take—we can't talk about the draft. We can't talk about Wimby. We can't talk about the off season. No, 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 no. All topics have to be Denver Nuggets. I'm all about uh, trying to control the narrative to a certain degree, but my goodness. I don't like coming to the defensive Lakers, but geez. Okay. Jimmy Butler. Let's do a segment on Jimmy because I think it's a very important discussion to have regarding individual players in the NBA. So, at the end of today's show, I'm going to be ranking my top 10 players in the NBA. And... I always do this every postseason where I come into the playoffs with a top 10. And again, some of the guys in that top 10, like Luka or Dame, guys didn't make the playoffs. And I come out of the playoffs with a top 10. And it's obviously looks looks very different. Not drastically different, but it, certainly there are guys that fell and guys that, like Jokic, obviously he was number eight in my list. Uh, the last Either seven or eight on my la- list the last time I did it. Uh, yeah, Jokic is going to be a little bit higher, <laughs> safe to say. Spoiler alert, Jimmy did not make my list. He did not make the top 10 players in the NBA. Uh, And I don't think that's a shot. Him not playing that great in the finals, I don't think hurts him in any way. I think Jimmy's one of those guys where he's a multi-time All-Star. He's been to multiple conference finals. He had led the Heat to the finals just three years ago. Jimmy's one of those guys where I think he's in the rare position, especially guys that don't have a ring of guys where he has mostly everything to gain and not a whole lot to lose. I talked about on Friday, last Friday's show coming into game four of this series where Denver was up two games to one game four was in Miami and Jimmy, there was this whole thing and Jimmy, you know, shut it down to his credit, but a lot of folks were saying, Hey, If you look at Jimmy's numbers, they've gone down a lot since the ankle injury against the New York Knicks. Game one, he twists his ankle, he misses game two, and never really quite looked the same after that. And I said, okay, I don't deny that, but Giannis had a lower body injury, was down two games to one in game four against Phoenix, played awesome. Steph Curry had a lower body injury, was down two games to one to Boston, played awesome. And both Giannis and Steph led their teams to the championship in that season. Jimmy's in the exact same position. And he played solid. I mean, he didn't play bad in game four, but not near enough, not near well enough for the Nuggets to win that game, especially when Jokic did not. That was kind of his one off game in that series. A lot of that due to foul trouble. Jimmy's not, in my view, one of the top 10 players in the NBA. And that's okay. We do this in all sports. Particularly the the two that I think are follow the most, to the two professional leagues, are obviously the NFL, who are the king of television, and the NBA. And we do this every time the loser of the finals or of the Super Bowl, you know, they come up short and we just rip them to shreds. Some cases, that's fair. Most of the time, I don't think it is. We look at them as lesser than we did coming into that series. And my mentality has always been, A, you can only have one champion. Like, both teams can't win. And two, why on earth should I look at Jimmy any less when the Heat were the eight seed, took out the one-seed Bucks, beat the Knicks, took out the two-seed Celtics, and they lost to a team that was much better than them in the NBA Finals? I'm supposed to view Jimmy as less than— it's the, It's the argument that we hear all the time from Michael Jordan fans. And again, I'm not one to judge. If you think Jordan's the GOAT, if you think LeBron's the GOAT, I'm a a guy who says LeBron's the GOAT, but I'm not saying you're an idiot if you think Jordan's the GOAT. I think those are the only two guys, with the possible exception of Kareem, that can be considered the guy. But you hear this argument at times from Jordan fans where the whole LeBron, 4-6 and in the finals. Have you seen the teams LeBron played in the finals compared to the teams Jordan played? LeBron played the Dynastic Spurs, and twice played a Warriors team, certainly the 2017 Warriors, arguably the 2018 Warriors, that would have smoked basically any team in NBA history with maybe the possible exception of the L1 Lakers, the 83 Sixers, or the 96 Bulls, maybe. Like, I don't hold that against LeBron. Again, he took some awful Cleveland teams to the finals. I'm supposed to get it hold against Jimmy for getting an 8 seed to the NBA finals and losing to a better team? I don't look at Jimmy as any less of, of a player as I looked at him coming in. I've said he's absolutely top 15. He's sort of that fringe top 10. I've actually, I've got the list right here in front of me. I've got him 12. I've got him in the 12th place spot, so a couple places off the top 10. Uh, a guy who we is is, we've, we've seen twice as capable of getting you to the finals. Again, there's guys in my top 10 who've never been to an NBA finals. Guys who have been around a while who have never been to an NBA finals. MVPs. We've never been to a conference finals. I don't look at Jimmy as less of a guy, less of a player. Again, we show his numbers, and I've edited—you know, obviously edited this since the finals ended. But we did this last week on Friday, where yes, did his numbers go down substantially after the Bucks series? Again, you could tie a lot of that potentially to the game one injury against the Knicks. Sure, but that's that's about what he is in the playoffs. That's a again the averages from the Knicks, Celtics. And, and Nuggets, that's about the player he is. 20, 22 points a game type of guy. He's, he's capable of, of being active on the glass. The rebounds weren't weren't all that great in, in the NBA Finals. Can get guys involved again. Six, six, and uh, another uh, six against the uh, Denver Nuggets in terms of assists. And is as a kind of a volume shooter at times, again, he, his shooting percentage never going to blow you out of the water outside of the Milwaukee series. I don't think this makes him any less of the playoff Jimmy moniker that we gave him. Again, if you gave Miami, again, Bradley Beal's on the market. Reports are Miami is is in that business for Bradley Beal. Absolutely makes them a better basketball team if they make that kind of a move. They had a score. They had another guy who can go get 30 on any given night. Maybe they had a couple of of longer defensive guys, get some size. Yeah, Jimmy can be absolutely can absolutely be right back in the NBA Finals. A season from now. So, uh, again, and, and I've done the segments twice. Coming into the 2020 Finals and coming into the 23 Finals. Both times, I, I talked about this, where Jimmy is one. He's he's an old school guy. He's, he's not scared to get on younger players. He's not uh, scared of sort of being the alpha dog in the room. That That's Jimmy. Jimmy is authentically Jimmy. Chicago couldn't handle it. They moved on from him. What's Chicago? Minnesota definitely couldn't handle it. What's Well, Minnesota's always been a dumpster fire, so that's them. Philadelphia, to me, the most egregious of all. You have Embiid, you have Simmons. You think that's going to be your duo that you build around. Obviously, we know what happened with Simmons, but Simmons was a solid player at that point. He was an all-star. And then he had Jimmy and Tobias Harris. Both were free agents. And you said, we know Jimmy's better than Tobias, but Tobias isn't a headache. He's not going to get on guys the way Jimmy does. They signed Tobias Harris to a long-term deal. They let Jimmy walk a smart culture. The Miami Heat signs Jimmy Butler. They've gone to two finals. The Sixers still have yet to get to conference finals. And Tobias is, and Tobias, he's about a 15 to 20 point per game guy. Miami could handle him. Miami is a winning culture. Jimmy is a winning player. I don't have to look at him as, as less of a guy, less of a player, because he did he play below his standard in the finals yes I, again i was very critical of his his mindset is 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 not being in attack mode from the jump in game 5 i didn't like that it took him until the fourth quarter to finally get going and i definitely didn't like that last shot at the end but if anything i actually viewed jimmy a little more than i did coming into these playoffs I mean, again, this is a Miami Heat team that, while I think is talented, and I've defended them like crazy throughout these playoffs, they do have four undrafted players. Bam Adebayo, I really like, and I had a good finals, but is more of a number three option. It's more of a defensive stopper. A guy is capable of giving you, you know, a double double from night to night, but is more of a number three option offensively. And he got that past Giannis, Brunson in the Knicks, and Tatum and Brown in the Celtics. Actually, look at Jimmy is, look at him, think higher of him today than I did coming into these playoffs. So, and we do, again, we do this every year. And we looked at the, I mean, remember a couple of years ago when the Kansas City Chiefs lost to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. And we're like, oh man, you know, so these younger guys may take, overtake Mahomes as the best quarterback. Uh, ah, Andy Reid, is he really the best co-? They and Then they lost Tyree Kill. Oh, I don't know about Kansas City. And then they won the Super Bowl last year. Like we don't need to overreact to a team losing the Super Bowl, they're really not that good. Well, I mean, they were one of the last two teams left. Evidently, they did something, right? So did Miami. I actually saw a stat today that the Miami Heat and the Golden State Warriors have been to, what, the last? I have the stat on my Instagram. Let me, I, I want to get this right. They've been to 12 of the last four, 13 NBA finals. And ironically, I've never met, which is crazy. Miami's been to one, two, three, four, five. They've been to basically half of the finals in the last decade and a half. They'll be fine. As a Matter of fact, I think they'll be better next year. They'll make the adjustments. They'll add some guys who fit heat culture, fit what they need. And Miami will. I think I'm, I don't think I'm going on limits saying Miami's not going to be the eight seed next year. So, hats off to Jimmy, outstanding playoff run. And uh, man, Miami's got not going anywhere. But it's not a knock on Jimmy to say you know what, Jimmy. Like I was talking about, hey, what Giannis did in 21, down two games to one with an injury. What Steph did the same thing. Well, Jimmy's not Giannis, and he's not Steph. He's not KD. He's not Luka. You know, he's not Embiid. He's dang sure not Jokic, as we saw in this series. Is he capable of outplaying him on a night-to-night basis? Maybe even in a series like he did with Giannis and Tatum? Sure. But I don't think he's necessarily better than them. That's okay. I still think he can be the best best player in a championship team. I'll tell you that much. I do. Uh, Let's see. Do we have any... Updates. I did see this, by the way, speaking of the Celtics, a uh, little offseason news, and this off-season is starting to, again, free agency, today's June 15th, so free agency starts in about two and a half weeks, very, very excited about that, the NBA Draft, by the way, the Grid 2023 NBA, my bad, NBA Draft Live Reaction Show is a week from tonight, we don't have a set time yet. I'm, it's probably going to be about 7.30 because we'll do like a pre-draft show. And then once the draft begins at, at 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll dive into that. My man, Mike Guido, who just hit me up today, is talking about he's got these the mock drafts and the, the scouting reports on over 100 players. So Mike's going to be involved. Barry's going to be involved uh, just like they have been the last couple of years. And so very, very excited. So a week from now, The Grid 2023 NBA Draft live reaction show, our third annual, by the way, uh, will be live here on YouTube and on Twitter and maybe other platforms. So stay tuned for that.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: But NBA free agency in a couple weeks, uh, about two and a half weeks. So we've got the Bradley Beal news that it looks like he and the Wizards are going to seek a trade. And then Daniil Gallinari, which I tweeted today, almost feels like an acquisition for the Celtics in that didn't play a dribble for them last year because remember they got him on the buyout market after Atlanta traded him to I think San Antonio, who bought him out. Boston brings in Gallinari, and the poor guy has a catastrophic knee injury playing overseas, and they don't again. They, that's that's a stretch for solid defender, excellent three point shooter, can put the ball on the floor. Like that's a good. <laughs> It feels like a pickup for the Celtics. So he opted into the last year uh, of a two-year contract with Boston. So, yeah, good for them. That's it's, it's a good good little pickup for the Celtics. And, again, we'll see. Do they add Chris Paul? What does Boston do? There's a lot of questions for a lot of teams as post uh, for this offseason. Lakers, Warriors. I don't know what Philadelphia is going to do. To me, the only way Philadelphia can sort of salvage what they have now is a trade for Dame. And, again, I'm not so sure. Of course, I don't know if Dame has no-trade clause, so I don't think he'll have much of a choice in the matter. But then again, listen, Dame's been loyal to Portland for 11 years. They're not going to screw him over and send him to, you know, uh, Orlando or something. Although I do think Orlando's on the come-up. I like Bankero. Okay, so in today's show, I'll do the top 10 players in the NBA. But, as I am prone to do, Really wanted to sink my teeth into this here story. I think it's quite fascinating, in my humble opinion, is the fact that the 2023 NBA playoffs were the highest-rated playoffs in five years, in a half decade. It's funny, uh, 2020, I was lectured by, by many in the media, and believe it or not, many people I know my personal life, oh, the NBA's dying, you can't. You can't, you know, go political and all this and all that. And I laughed. The NBA wasn't going anywhere. Come on now. I do this with the NFL ratings every four years. I do the segment and I'll do it again. The reason the NBA playoff ratings were low, by the way, in part, was because of the fact that COVID pushed the season and they were up against the NFL's ratings and the NBA nor any, anything can compete with the NFL. Again, the NFL is the king of television. The NFL was going to be out the NBA in terms of sports ratings. They always do. The election every four years draws attention away from sports, away from other forms of entertainment, onto the cable news networks, the Fox News of the world, the CNNs of the world, the MSNBCs, the CBSs, the NBCs, the ABCs, all the alphabet, right? All eyeballs. Go to those platforms during election season. A year from now, in the 2024 election, it's gonna do the exact same thing. NFL ratings were down in 2016 2020. People blamed Kaepernick in 2016, Black Lives Matter in 2020. Oh, that's 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 funny. Uh they went down those two years, and wait a minute. They also, what a coincidence, they happened to also go down in 2012. Oh. Maybe a little correlation because I don't remember athletes being all that political in 2012. The rating still went down. Why? Was was Obama going to win re-election or was Mitt Romney going to win? Is everybody who's tuned into that? Trump and Hillary in 2016, as I mentioned earlier in today's show. Trump and Biden in 2020. Whoever it's going to be in 2024. I always say when you give... And I said this, by the way, during the All-Star game, the NBA's All-Star game, which was obviously a, just a, a travesty. It was awful. Some of that was because Steph Curry wasn't in it. But I've always said this, and I actually I brought this up when the they showed the March Madness ratings, which were through the roof through the first couple of rounds. If you give the people a reason to watch, they will. Look at the, uh, the women's college basketball ratings with the whole Caitlin Clark story. And then Caitlin Clark and LSU faced in the uh, – uh, uh, in the national championship game, and it was the highest rated women's college game ever. It was like 10 million viewers or something like that. People were tuned in. Oh, who's this Caitlin Clark kid? Uh, oh, LSU. They're they are mowing through everybody in the tournament. All right, Controversial coach. They've got Angel Reese. People are tuning in. Same thing in the NBA. How many storylines do we have in the regular season? Uh, zilch. Because as I've said, the regular season means absolutely nothing. Oh, but once the postseason rolled around, we had a ton of stories. A lot of folks were introduced to, oh, who are these Sacramento Kings? Dang, they're they're pretty good. Man, it's, it's been forever since they've been in the playoffs, and they took the champs seven games in the first round. Oh, and in that seventh game, whoa, Steph has the first 50-point game in finals history. Is he the greatest point guard ever? People have those discussions. Oh, Lakers were garbage the last year and a half. Oh, crap, they're in the playoffs. Oh, wait, you have Dylan Brooks saying LeBron James is old. Oh, and the Lakers, after Brooks said, uh, I don't respect you unless you give me 40. Oh, Lakers beat them (laughs) by 40, which was poetic justice, by the way, to advance to the second round. Holy crap, we got Steph versus LeBron. Oh, I never thought we'd see this again. We get Steph versus LeBron in the second round. Highest rated series of the playoffs, by the way. Uh, Eastern Conference. Whoa. Miami knocked out Milwaukee. Eight seed beat the one seed. Are you kidding me? Wait a second. The Knicks are back. The Knicks are actually good. A New York team is, is relevant in the NBA. Again, you have the Boston Philly series. Boston Philly, I think have met more times than any two teams have ever met in playoff history. So it's like another chapter to a decades-long rivalry. You have that. Conference finals. You have, you know, Jokic. People are like, oh, should he have been? By the way, I was one of them. Should he have been the MVP? Oh, Denver looks looks pretty good. But it's, it's the Lakers and it's LeBron and AD's playing well. Whoa, the Nuggets swept the Lakers, and then the Eastern Conference Finals. Everybody, including myself, which I was very ashamed of, and I apologize to Miami for this, picked Boston. Boston's going to beat Miami. And then they have these NBA Finals, which, I'll be honest, weren't all that compelling. But you have the Okic story. Jimmy Butler, can he get a championship? All that rolled into two months. Of course people were going to watch. Again, this whole, this whole notion of Players being political hurt sports. It doesn't. You think NBA players are any less outspoken as they than they were three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, seven years ago in 2016? I would argue more so. It doesn't affect the ratings whatsoever. And again, next year, we're going to have an election. Players from both sides of the aisle are going to be outspoken about it. The ratings are going to go down. But it's not because of the players. It has everything to do with the fact that all of our eyeballs go to all the... Because, again, what do we like in America? We like polarizing candidates. Uh, both the Republicans and the Democrats are not short on those. And so we want to see what new crazy stuff they have to say. What's going on? Or, you know, the Republican debates, which are in a couple months. There is is, you know, what happens to the Democrat party? They run Biden, they run somebody else. We're be we paying attention to that. It's more important. By the way, it's more important than what's going on in the NBA. And I'm a huge NBA fan. It's more important. I just, I saw this story. I'm like, okay, yep, just more, more ammo for me. 2024 is going to roll around. NBA ratings may go down. NFL ratings absolutely will go down. And then they'll come back up. I just, I, I get it. I genuinely get a kick out of this false narrative that has persisted for almost a decade. It's not true. Again, reading, educating yourself. And again, I'm not in any way folks trying to insinuate, oh, I'm this you know, highly educated. No, no, no. But it's about things are not always as they seem. Look into this. Is what this cable host telling me, is that really true? Well, let me look it up. Oh, that that's not in the slightest bit true. Reading. Reading is power. That is a... That is a cliche that I believe in with every fiber of my being. Reading is indeed power. Okay. So, NBA season is over. I'm as I'm as sad as you are. Really, the this is I don't want to be negative or down in the dumps or anything of that nature, but uh this is kind of uh uh the um well, it's the dog days of the sports calendar year. Nothing against baseball, but midseason baseball is the most boring baseball. Opening couple months are great. Um, and by the way, I want to give a big shout out to the New York Knicks because because of them and a walk-off win last night.
0: Yankees the... lose.
1: <laughs> to the Mets, shout out to uh, to Nemo, I think is was, was the guy who, who got the walk-off hit. So shout out to them. But regular season baseball is not interesting. It's, it's the postseason when again the ratings, which that's the case with any sport. The ratings go up in the playoffs, but it's more interesting. It's a more interesting game from a strategy standpoint. You get the best teams, the best pitching, the best offenses. Um, but we're we're in for like another two and a half months of searching for topics. The NBA season is over, but I have to fulfill my obligation, which I do every NBA playoffs, where I do my top ten players in the NBA going into the playoffs and my top ten players exiting the playoffs. So before we get into it, here's my top 10 going into the postseason, and I'll read it off for the podcast audience, 1 through 10, starting at number 1. I had Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, uh, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard. That was my top 10. That has obviously changed since the playoffs. Now, again, you have a couple guys when we bring this list uh, back up. You have two two guys who didn't make the playoffs, Luca and Dame. So, whether or not they fall or rise or potentially stay the same, again, they they didn't do anything to impact that because they didn't play a single dribble in the playoffs. All the other eight plus other guys, because there are some new additions to the top ten list, um, they did. So, if I can go ahead and set the background music uh, real quick. See if we can get this going. Here we go. All right, here we go. So, top 10 players in the NBA. We will start at number 10, and he didn't move. Dame Dollar himself, Damian Lillard, who may not be a Portland Trailblazer two weeks from now. There was nothing that I saw from guys, at least from guys, you know, in the top 10. Um, coming into the postseason coming out of it where I was like, okay, is, is enough to basically kick game out. Again, you look at what Damian Lillard, you say, well, Portland wasn't good this year. Portland's rebuilding and they have a superstar on the roster, which is why they need to move him, why he himself needs to move on. Damian Lillard folks averaged 32 a game with seven assists. By the way, a, a second highest he, a rebounds he's averaged. Shot 46% from, uh, percent from the field, which is great for a perimeter player. Shot 37% from three, which is excellent for a volume three-point shooter. Again, I, I, have, I have been a Dame fan for four years. Ever since he hit that walk off against OKC, I, I've been a Dame fan since. This is one of the clutchest players in the league. Again, only he and Michael Jordan uh, have two series ending buzzer beating shots. Uh, Dame had two against the Rockets in 2014 and the Thunder in 2019. Uh, he's obviously one of the best, probably the second best deep three point shooter in the league to obviously Steph Curry. Uh, he's one of the best overall scorers in the NBA. He has some 70 point games in his resume, some 60 burgers there's I don't know why we continue to hold against Dame is he Steph is he Giannis no but can he be the best player certainly the second best player on a championship contending team absolutely and I think we're going to see that In this offseason, is it Miami? Is it Philadelphia? Is it Boston? Who goes after Damian Lillard? For for the sake, for Dame's sake, I hope it's a title contender. He'll see just like Kevin Garnett saw. KG played all those years. He wanted to be loyal to Minnesota, but the second he won a championship in Boston, Kevin Garnett, just his words, not mine, said the biggest regret of his his career is that he didn't leave Minnesota sooner because he potentially could have won more NBA championships. I think Damian Lillard is going to be the same mindset. He'll be in a new team next year, and he is my 10th best player player in the NBA at number nine in the ninth spot. We've got a new addition to the top 10 and that is Mr. Devin Booker, my Lord, what this young man did in the playoffs. Now I guess he's in his eighth year. So he's not that young. What he did in the postseason is unlike anything I've ever seen from an efficiency standpoint. He had two games and he averaged over 30 in the playoffs as a whole, but he had two games. Against the Denver Nuggets team that just won the championship. Where he shot 70-plus percent from the field. One of those games he scored, I think, 36. The other game he scored 47. He had one game where he shot 80% from the field. Obviously, we know he, like Dame, has a 70-point game on his resume. A a Phoenix Suns team that had Book, KD, and nothing else. They had an old Chris Paul, a DeAndre Ayton whose whose relationship with Monty Williams was... Pretty much gone, and no bench. And the guys like Tory Craig and and a Shamit, who had a solid game for in that series. That was about it. He's having to. He and KD literally having to drag Phoenix, putting up insane offensive performances. Numerous forty-point games. Scored thirty virtually every game in the postseason, save for a few. By the way, in the regular season, he averaged twenty-eight. Shot 50% for the field, which, again, for a perimeter player, is excellent. Uh, I've been on the fence of, of D-Book. Like, do I put him in the top 10 or not? I think he's absolutely in that class. Devin Booker, the ninth best player in the world currently. At number eight, and this may be a little bit controversial, but at number eight, it's the league MVP. It's Joel Embiid. This is a guy I had in the number five spot coming into the postseason. He drops three, spot, three uh, spots to the number eight spot on my top 10. Here's why. I went to bat for Joel Embiid for the last month of the regular season. Like, this is the MVP. This is the guy. This is the guy. Led the league in scoring back-to-back years. Is probably the most dominant force inside, outside of Giannis, in the league. Efficient as, as you could ask for from a center. Tremendous defensively. Does a solid job of getting his teammates involved. But, um... He was bad by his standards in the postseason. And another concern I had for Embiid coming into these playoffs... It's a concern I had for Philadelphia... Can the big fella stay healthy? Took three games, and he missed two. games. Four Game four against Brooklyn and game one against Boston. Missed both. Now, credit to Philadelphia. They won both. But in that series, kind of plays up and down. Harden was actually the best 76er in that series. Again, I'm not a James Harden guy. He has a long history of choking playoff series. Harden was the best 76er against Boston in that Eastern Conference semifinal series. Yet and still beat sixers get a shot to advance to beat boston the at the time defending eastern conference champions you're up three games to two with game six on your home court with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere
0: this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky
1: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, Joel Embiid goes for 26 on an inefficient shooting, had one assist. It was a virtual no-show in the fourth quarter, Philadelphia only scoring 86 points in that basketball game. And in game seven, it was even worse. Embiid had 15 points on 18 shots and only eight rebounds. Meanwhile, Jason Tatum on the other side is going for 50. We can talk about what's around Embiid. What is it the coach? Is it... Man, at some point, you're the MVP. Can you get to a conference finals? Again, fun fact for your Thursday evening. Joel Embiid is the only MVP in the history of the award in the National Basketball Association. Do not make a conference finals to this point in his career. Steve Nash made two. I think it was two. Might have been made made three. I don't know. Jokic just made one. Actually, no, Jokic made two. At some point, could you get to the semifinal stage? Is that too much to ask? If you're going to lose, could you go down swinging? Game seven, Embiid and all the Sixers just quit. Just fell apart in the second half. In a game that was tight at the half. So, no, Embiid absolutely drops in this list now. The beauty, beauty of it is... We can go back up on my list if he potentially wins another mvp and if he for the first time in his career has a good playoff run and finally stays healthy but until then he's top 10 no question about it but he's an eight to number seven again a guy who did not uh, participate in this year's playoffs uh but and only dropped one spot it had nothing to do with him It had everything to do with somebody else it's luka Doncic. Uh, Luka's a guy who I've always said is kind of, I think I predicted him to win the MVP a couple of years ago. Uh, and you certainly could have made that case that he was just that. But listen, Luka, I, I put, I, I had a one point as the third best player in the world behind a uh, step and Giannis. Uh, but I, I you know, dropped him quite a few spots because of how Dallas completely fell apart uh, in the second half of the season. But you got to remember the fact that Luka did average uh, 32 points a game, only second to Joel Embiid with nine rebounds and eight assists on 50% shooting. Now, I feel like I didn't bring this up with Embiid, but I think him and Jokic share him, uh, sorry, him and uh, Lucas share the same sort of flaw offensively. It's the same flaw that Harden has had most of his career. It's the same flaw that you can say it was out of necessity, but even Kobe later admitted he needed to change this where it's one-on-one ISO ball. That has never won anybody a championship. Never. Where it's one guy, you know, taking it all his back. That's never worked. You can say the assist numbers are high. Not all assists are created equal. Luka assist and Jokic assist. Very different story. Yeah, Kyrie Irving again. A lot of that Dallas collapse collapsed had to do with Kyrie. Some of that had to do with Mark Cuban for not bringing Brunson back and bringing Kyrie and giving up all your assets. Not sure what he was thinking there. But Luka did not play well down the stretch of that season. He's a bit of a defensive liability, but he's absolutely at my number seven spot because he's one of the premier offensive talents in the National Basketball Association. He is at number seven. Again, Let's not let's not forget... The dude did lead Dallas to the conference finals last year and beat a 65-win Phoenix Suns team. Struck the fear of God in that Phoenix Suns team in doing so. So Luca, to me, is the seventh-best player on the planet. At number six, folks, may think he's a little too high. I don't care. Jason Tatum. I feel like we do. I've called Jason Tatum the Dak Prescott of the NBA. Is Dak ever going to be Mahomes? Is he ever going to be Burrow, Lawrence, Heck, I'm not real sure he's ever going to be hurts, although I'm leaving that up for discussion. No. attack is really productive. Jason Tatum even more so. This is a guy who was in the MVP discussion the first half of the season. This is a guy who made his fourth, one, two, three, fourth conference finals in his career. In the, yeah, six six years in in the NBA. He's made the conference finals four times, made the finals last year, and uh, by the way, had the, Highest scoring game seven. Broke my man Steph's record. The highest scoring game seven in NBA history. I'm supposed to look at him as sort of like Jimmy. Less than? Yeah. I trust Tatum more than I trust Embiid. 100% when the playoffs were around. I put him over Luka. Luka couldn't even get to the playoffs in the weaker Western Conference. You're telling me Tatum has a career best year in which he goes, uh, what did Tatum average this year? Like 30 points a game? Let me me, me pull up the stats, make sure I'm getting it right. Yeah, Tatum this year averaged 30 points a game, 9 rebounds. Shot a good percentage for the field for a perimeter player. Improved drastically on the defensive end of the floor. And by the way, was doing it with a liability at head coach. Last year, he has Ime Udoka, who was in the top five for coach of the year last year. And now Joe Mazzula, who, and I like Joe. I think he's a good dude. I hope he later on down the road, should he get fired from Boston at any point. I hope he gets another opportunity because he is really young. He might be one of the bottom five coaches in the NBA. And Tatum still got that Celtics team to within one game of the NBA Finals. I'm supposed to look at him as less than? Yeah, no, Tatum is absolutely the sixth best player uh, in the world. I would take him in a heartbeat over Embiid in the playoffs. And I would take him over Luka because he's better defensively. Going to number five, removing the top five now, the Slim Reaper himself, Mr. Kevin Wayne Durant. Kevin Durant goes to number five on my list. I think I, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, I, yeah, I had him at three coming into the playoffs, in large part due to the fact that in the regular season, he had the very first, we talk about 50, 40, 90 seasons, he had the first 55. 40-90 season. 55% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. And KD was outstanding these playoffs. Average over 30 a game in the postseason uh, was, as he tends to be, incredibly efficient. Uh, the problem was in that Denver series, again, I'm not I'm not holding against Kevin that they lost to to Denver. Again, the Lakers got swept by Denver. I do hold against the fact that in that game six, uh, let me make sure I'm, I'm getting this right because uh, Phoenix was... Phoenix as a team fell apart, but KD individually uh, was not good. KD in this game scored uh, 23 points, but the vast majority of that was in the second half of that game. He was like in the single digits in the first half, and Denver won that game essentially by uh, by three uh, uh, by, by 30 points. So I do hold that against Kevin a little bit. He still has yet to make a conference finals post-Warriors, but it is a weak Western conference, Phoenix makes the move this offseason. Maybe Kevin Durant can get Phoenix uh, to the conference finals, which they got back uh, to that in 2021. But he's still absolutely... I've always called KD the most gifted, not the greatest, but the most gifted uh, offensive player in the history of the game. He can get whatever shot he wants, whenever he wants it. Uh, But I've I've always... the, The one thing with KD I've always questioned is... Can he lead a team to a championship? Being the best player on a championship team is different than leading them there. He was the best player on the Warriors in 2017. Steph was better in 2018, but can he be the leader of a title team? We have yet to see that. We may get to see him and have that opportunity a year from now with the full season of Phoenix, which is a way more stable culture than Brooklyn. And I'm sorry, I think I'll take Devin Booker over Kyrie Irving as a teammate any day of the week. Moving to number four, it is the King himself. It is LeBron James. Dun, dun, dun. LeBron James, the fourth best player in the NBA, in my view. I had him at four coming in the playoffs, and it, I think, yeah. I had him at fourth coming in the playoffs, and he didn't move. Why should he? He takes a Lakers team that finally Rob Blinka wakes up from a year-and-a-half-long nap, understands, hey, wait a minute. I've still got LeBron James, and while he's not prime LeBron anymore— he did average 30 in the regular season again. Uh, Anthony Davis went healthy as one of the best two-way players in the NBA. Maybe we can use the assets that we have that don't fit our team at all and turn them in as- into assets that really work for us. Let's bring in Rui Hachimura. Let's bring in D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Oh, what do, what do you know? The, the Lakers got hot at the end of the regular season, made the playoffs, took out the—I mean, took out the Grizzlies, mowed the Grizzlies. I mean, that, that was the most lopsided six-game series I think I've ever seen in my life. In the one one of the few close games in that in that series against Memphis, game four, and LeBron had a 2020 game. Over 20 points, over 20 rebounds. At age 38, in the game six closeout against my Golden State Warriors, a series I still think we might have had a chance to come back from 3-1 in. LeBronson, said, no, 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 no. Well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not letting happen to me what I did to you in 2016. LeBron in that closeout game dropped 39 and 9 on 10 for 14, shooting 2 for 3 from three point range. And even the closeout game against Denver, uh, where the Lakers did get swept. I understand that, but it is Denver. I don't think that's exactly a, a, a knock. Uh, LeBron dropped 40, 10 and 9 and played every second outside of four in that basketball game. He's not the best player in the world anymore. Don't think he'll ever be that again. But what are you still doing at the age he's doing it. Still is one of the best distributors in the NBA. One of the most efficient scorers in the NBA. Not as good defensively. I'll give you that. I'll, again, I'll take any of the three guys above him defensively. But uh, newsflash, LeBron James is still pretty good at basketball. And absolutely can still be the best player on a championship contending team. If you're the Lakers though... If you want to make sure that he doesn't contend for any more titles, sign Kyrie Irving. You will guarantee that. To number three, a guy who was at the number two spot last year at the number one spot two years ago, but absolutely drops in this instance. It's my man, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis drops to the number three spot. He was at number two coming into these playoffs. Listen, if if I'm not giving Jimmy the injury excuse, if I'm not giving LeBron the injury excuse... I'm dang sure not going to do it for Giannis, who has two MVPs and is a Defensive Player of the Year and just led the Bucs to the championship just two years ago. Giannis gets hurt in Game 1 against Miami. loses again. Uh, uh, the the Bucs go on to lose two of the next three games. Comes back in Game 4 against uh, uh, Miami. Disappears in the fourth quarter. Shoots a terrible percentage from the field. And even worse, the Game 5 was even more egregious. Milwaukee goes into the fourth quarter with a 16-point lead at home, mind you. And so the blame goes on Bud, so the blame goes on Holiday and on Middleton. But Giannis in this basketball game took 23 free throws. He made 10, and in many times in that fourth quarter seemed to run away from the basketball while Jimmy Butler was at there getting whatever he wanted against the Bucks defense. Now Giannis is still undeniably spectacular. Probably still the best two-way player in the NBA. By the way, again, average a cool thirty-one and twelve and six. By the way, I've always said Giannis is an underrated distributor on fifty-five percent shooting for the regular season. He's still the Greek freak. I don't. I, I think is is not doesn't go far enough in in describing how great this guy still is. And a year from now, could he claim that number one spot from either Steph or Jokic? Absolutely. We'll see what Milwaukee does in the offseason. I liked, was it Adrian Griffin? I'm pretty sure is the guy they, they uh, named their new head coach. Like him. Think he's an upgrade over Bud. We'll see what happens. But uh, there was no way. And by the way, the team Giannis lost to in the first round is the team that Jokic made quick work of in the NBA Finals. That is a knock. No question about it. But Giannis is still spectacular. Absolutely the third best player in the world. Number two. And I, listen, I love him. But I'm Objective. I have to do what the eye test tells me to do, and that's watch the games. He did drop a spot, Steph Curry. Steph Curry is the second best player on the planet. So, listen, I dropped him for the fact that Golden State did go out to the go out against the Lakers in six, and the Lakers proceeded to get swept by the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. And you consider the fact that Jokic averaged, I don't know, a triple-double for the NBA playoffs. A 30-point triple-double on 50% shooting. By the way, I'll get to Jokic in just a moment, who's obviously the best player in the world. As for Steph, though, uh, what more can you say about this guy? He- he's insane. Um, this year, despite dealing with numerous injuries throughout the course of the regular season, averaged 29, 6, and 6 on that close to 50, 40, 90 shooting as a six three guard. Not to mention the first round against the Sacramento Kings. Not only did he average over 30, he, uh, he did something that Jason Tatum would do just two weeks later. But Steph can always say for the rest of his life, he had the very first 50-point Game 7 in his career. And a fun fact from that game, Steph, by that 50-point game, he was the first player in the history of the NBA playoffs to score 20 or more points from shooting the three and 20 or more points in the paint. Steph Curry, not Giannis, not Embiid, not, not Jokic. Steph scored over 20 points in the paint in a game seven when all the defensive attention is geared towards you. And even in that second round series against the Lakers, in that game four loss in which the Warriors, uh, essentially the season came to an end when they lost to Lakers, went down three games to one, Steph dropped a 32-point triple-double with 14 assists. He's an underrated defensive player, as my man, the logo himself, Jerry West said the other day on Paul George's podcast, he's better defensive than people give him credit for and is still absolutely the most lethal offensive force in the game of basketball. Wardell, Stephen Curry II, is the second best player in the world and will look to reclaim his spot as the best next season. And you know what that means. The best player on planet Earth today is Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, today, June 15th, 2023, is the best player in all the land. So, let's uh, let's be objective about this. Uh, Jokic... In the NBA playoffs, averaged 30, 13, and 9. Coming off a regular season in which he almost averaged a triple double again. While I didn't think he should have won the last two, the, the two league MVPs he won, hindsight's 2020, he absolutely should have won this year. When you consider his value to the Nuggets, Embiid's value to the Sixers, and quite frankly, what you saw from the two of them in the postseason, it was night and day. You consider the fact that he is one of the best scorers in the NBA. He is undeniably the best distributor in the NBA as a freaking center and is still one of the best rebounders in the game of basketball. He also happens to be, arguably, I would put him a spot b- above Giannis in this regard, the most efficient player in the league because of the fact that he can shoot the three at a very high clip. Now, he's not defensible what Giannis is or even, I would argue, at his size, what Steph is. But... He's the one guy in the NBA and all great players have this, but Jokic even more so where what's the game. It's literally pick your, I like I say, it's pick your poison guarding Jokic. Do we let him go for 40, not let him do we game plan around him being a score primarily like Miami did at times like the Suns did in the uh, conference semifinals. Or do we make him basically magic Jokic where he's dishing out 15 assists, which he did numerous times in this year's playoffs. What do you do to stop him? Again, I think Steph's the best offensive player in the league. I think Giannis is the best defensive player in the league. Jokic is like that happy medium. And man, it was pretty good. It worked out pretty well for the Denver Nuggets. And they are the 2023 NBA champions. And Jokic claims the spot as the best player in all of basketball. Again, coming into this is my list before the playoffs right here. I had Jokic at 8th. And I think that's more than fair to say. Folks, he had lost eight of his last nine playoff games. You see, there was no Jamal. There was no no Michael Porter Jr., which I don't think, and after we saw these playoffs, I, think, I don't think the Porter Jr. point, you know, holds a whole lot of weight. Could you get two, three, maybe? Losing any of that last night is, is is not great. But then this year, he's by far the best player in the playoffs. Hindsight should have won the MVP. And here's your top 10. Right there, 1 through 10, I'll list list off once again. In this order, Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, and finally, Damian Lillard. Lakers fans might get mad at me I didn't put AD in there. Is AD at his peak a top 10 player? At AD's peak, I think he's a top 5 player. But, again, it's uh. He's coin flip Davis. I mean, that's that's what he is. You don't know what you're getting from a night-to-night basis. You're there, Like, the whole point of us having averages for players... Uh, let, let me check AD's overall uh, stats this uh, regular season. Hold on. Where is he? Anthony Davis. Okay. AD this regular season averaged 26-12 and 12 on 56% shooting. That's absolutely top 10 player numbers. But AD is the one dude in the NBA where... You can't judge him based off of his averages. Because, like, if you see Steph's numbers, okay, average 29, 6, and 6. That's a, that's about what he gives you on a night-to-night basis. No, no, no. AD will go for, like, 35 and 12 one night and 16 and 7 the next. It's like, you know, it's, it's either awesome, he's the best player on the floor, or please get him get him off of my TV. I can't watch anymore. That's Anthony Davis. It's not like okay, on an, off, on an average night he'll give you about you know 24, 25 points, double digit rebounds, like a bam out of bio stat line, basically. No, 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 no. He's great or he's awful. So I couldn't put him there. I almost, I came that close to putting De'Aaron Fox in the top ten, but I'm like, ah, I can't lose. Now he was great in the first round. Not to poo poo on De'Aaron Fox, and just, I think he's got a great chance of being in that top ten next year. But I, I couldn't put him in after losing in the first round. Now. There's not a whole lot of shame in losing to the Warriors, but still. That's what I got. Top 10 players in the NBA exiting the playoffs. I cannot wait for the offseason. Can't wait for the draft next week. Can't wait for the offseason uh, as a whole. All right. That is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up live tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network's YouTube channel. And be sure to like, share, comment, comment, and take two seconds out of your day, hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially. And please go subscribe to The Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, The Grid Podcast Network. Any and everywhere you get your favorite podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and any and everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and it would warm my heart. And wherever I I think of The Grid's hearts, if carving it up as well as the other amazing content creators their shows is a part of your rotation of favorite podcasts that would make us feel really good. We do have some awesome content creators so please check out the Grid network. All right. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets, NBA champions. Michael Malone, sorry to tell you buddy, we're we're going to be talking about other teams outside of Denver. You're still the champions. Doesn't change that. You're going to be getting fitted for rings soon. So, hats off to the city of Denver, to the Nuggets organization, uh, and to all who call themselves Nuggets fans, and all of those who say at the end of the day, we won and we can go home now. That is right. Have a great evening, everybody. Please continue to stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And please, please be sure to call your local state representatives uh, and senators to demand change for gun violence. Tragically, we actually had a shooting in Denver after the championship was won. Like, We've got to address this problem, folks. So please, please, please do whatever you can to contact your local representatives. Have a great evening, y'all. See y'all on tomorrow's show. God bless y'all. Peace out. I'm gonna go home now. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and
0: full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.